If you are looking for even more help and guidance on your breakup, I have a few different options for you to take your healing to the next level. I have four different online courses depending on what stage of the breakup that you're in from beginning all the way into moving on after heartbreak, or you can bundle all of my courses together and use the code podcast to get $25 off my course bundle. I also have my 30 day no contact challenge to help hold you accountable in going no contact with your ex. And we have our free Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with other people going through breakups all over the world. To learn more about any of these resources, head to the show notes where you can learn more about my courses, take the quiz to figure out which course is best for you, or join the Facebook group. And don't forget to use the code PODCAST to get $25 off my course bundle. Welcome to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast with your host, Breakup Bestie, aka me, Kendra. Breakups are hard, but you don't have to do it alone. Each week, I will be taking you through a different topic as it relates to breaking up, healing from heartbreak, growing in your single life, dating, and getting back into happier and healthier relationships. The goal of this show is to provide support, hope, tips, and to remind you that above all, this too shall pass. Welcome to another expert episode of the podcast. Today, I am very excited because today's guest is someone that has been highly requested for a long time. Today, I'm interviewing Jillian Tarecki. And when I posted on Instagram that I was interviewing her, you guys not only had tons of questions, but also was just very excited to hear from her. If you don't know, Jillian Tarecki is a certified relationship coach, teacher, and writer who has 20 years of experience teaching others how to transform their relationships with themselves. She talks not only about breakups, but also about having a relationship with yourself and how to have healthy relationships with other people. We talk about so many things in this episode. We talk about what she thinks is like the biggest thing that people are neglecting or need to know within relationships. We talk about what she believes are the most common reasons for people breaking up. We talk about what to do when it feels like you can't stop obsessing about your ex. We talk about how to break the cycle of breaking up and getting back together again. She's just such a wealth of knowledge in the space of relationships. And she just has such a beautiful way of of putting things. There were so many things that she said that I wanted to like instantly write down. So very excited to to have her on and, and really honored that she came and took the time to come on the podcast. So be sure to follow her on Instagram if you're not already. She also has courses and a membership program. So let's dive right into Jillian's episode. Welcome Jillian to the Heal Your Heartbreak podcast. It is beyond an honor to have you on the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm I'm very excited to have this conversation. You have been highly requested. And then when I told people we were recording, it was huge response. So I know people will be really excited. I would love if you could just get started. I'm always so curious as to how people get into the space that they're passionate about. So you've been in the relationship space for a long time now, and I would just love to hear kind of what got you interested in that in the first place. Sure. Well, it's like two things. It's my history of teaching. I was a yoga teacher for many, many years, for almost 20 years. And I worked with a lot of people one-on-one. So I helped a lot of people heal pain, physical and otherwise, through their bodies. And then the transition 
to relationship coaching came from my own heartbreak, really. I mean, it came from going through a really upsetting divorce and the death of my mother. So when the relationship ended between myself and my ex-husband, I had this moment where I was like, how did this happen? Because I went into that relationship believing that I was this mature, conscious person with an idea of what she wanted. And I thought to myself, there's obviously something I'm not doing well. I'm doing something wrong, like something is wrong. And I think that with that pain and then the pain of losing my mom, I dove head in first into trying to understand what makes a relationship work Mm -hmm. and what actually tears it apart and those dynamics. And I became obsessed with trying to understand it. And as I started to learn more, I was like, this is now what I must teach. Because I remember my ex-husband and I went to couples therapy. And even though the person who we saw ended up being a really good therapist for me and helping me sort of navigate the very acutely terrible waters of when you first break up with someone, those traumatic waters, those very turbulent waters. You know, we went to two different therapists who I don't think actually specialized in couples therapy, but I don't know. They've worked with a lot of couples. Who knows? But it sucked to be very, very frank. It was not good. And I'm not supposed to be with my ex-husband. So everything worked out the way it was supposed to. But it really got me thinking like there is something that people are missing, that they're not understanding to make a relationship work. And something needs to be done about that. Mm -hmm. And so that became my obsession. And I know this is probably like a very grand question, but what is the biggest thing that you feel like people don't understand when it comes to how to have a healthy relationship? Well, I think the thing that people need to understand to have a healthy relationship would be accountability, hands down. is. I mean, there's a few things, but that's the first thing. Stopping the blame game, being accountable for the stuff that you bring to the table, being accountable for whatever deficit you have in your self-esteem, self-esteem and self-love, being accountable for the dysfunctional ways that you have learned the things that we've sort of, that we've, we all have these sort of like adaptive patterns to sort of survive and to protect ourselves And in a relationship, a lot of these adaptive patterns are actually very dysfunctional. So we have to be very accountable for that. And so it's grow up time. Like you can't be operating like a teenager when it comes to dating and relationships. So it's accountability for our thoughts. It's accountability for the behavior. It's accountability for how the relationship is or isn't. So that really is it. And it's a word that a lot of people sort of like, they recoil when they hear that, that word, but it is so incredibly important. Like if you are, let's just say, and I work with more individuals now than I do couples, but if you are in a relationship and you are looking to get third party help, you need someone tough. Yeah. And you need to be willing to go in and sit on that couch or whatever, do it through Zoom 
very, very well. If you are not prepared or willing to be called out on your stuff, then it's never going to work. Yeah. And I think it's the couples therapists actually need to get tougher and they need to get really, really clear with people because people go into the couples counseling thinking, fix them so I can be happier in the relationship. The other person is the problem. And I don't believe that it's a couples therapist or a coach or anyone should just be sitting there and being a mediator and translating constantly and like helping people. Yes. Help people communicate for sure, but you got to get like under the hood of the car more and go a little bit deeper as to why certain things are happening. People need to be called out on their stuff for sure. Yeah. I think you're very right when people feel intimidated when they hear like, okay, the answer is taking accountability for your side. But if we look at it, like that's the only thing we can change anyway is our stuff. So I mean, people have heard this on every episode probably, but I've been 10 years in AA and one of like the big things in AA is you go through and you write down all your resentments that you have towards people, which like, you're like, yes, I'm getting out all my resentment, why I'm angry, why I'm the victim. And then they're like, okay, what's your part in all of every single thing you just wrote down? And you're like, whoa, I don't like looking at that. It feels good to have rational anger towards someone or quote unquote rational anger. But what I came to discover, and I know a lot of people do is like, it's actually very empowering to be able to see and own your part, because that's the only thing you can change anyway. If you're relying on someone else to be this like perfect picture of something, you're going to be waiting around forever instead of like, okay, I can take accountability for this. And that's actually very empowering and gives me a sense of control. When in reality, like we have so little control over most things that, you know, that go on around us. Exactly. It really is meant to be empowering more than anything else. It's not supposed to be just like accountability is not supposed to be a slap on the wrist. It's about, look, the end goal is in my book, let's get this couple on track. Let's get this person on track. Let's get this person, the marriage that they want. Let's get them the partner that they want. Let's get them, you know, whatever it is, whether they're single or not. The end goal is to really help the person get what it is that they want. Yeah. But none of us can get what we want if we're in denial or lying to ourselves or blaming everyone else. And do you feel like one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and again, this is like kind of a grand question, but in your experience, like what is the biggest theme that causes breakups like in these times? Loss of connection. Not loss of love, loss of connection, people not being connected to one another. There is an epidemic right now where people are so afraid to be vulnerable. Hmm. And so, so many people have like big, giant walls in front of them that's making it very difficult to receive love, to give love. So I would say, number one, it's that it's the lack of connection. And when people are not really truly connecting, they start losing their motivation to meet each other's needs. They start losing attraction for each other. You know, they're not really. And that's the second thing is that a lot of things that causes breakups is, oh, we're really good friends, but we don't have attraction for each other anymore. Right. So and that's tied into the loss of connection of like really, truly, deeply connecting. And then there's selfishness. And 
you know, we all can be selfish in a relationship. Look, if we're really, a, the more fearful we are in a relationship, the more selfish we are because, mm. and it's just what's going to happen because we are so scared of being hurt that everything that we do is the strategy to protect ourselves. And so then it's never about what do they need? What's good for the relationship? Everything becomes about me and my anxiety, me and my fear, yeah, me and my trauma. So those are the things that really tear people apart. Well, I even noticed I've been with my husband for a long time now, but we, in the beginning of our relationship, I was a very different person, very much like didn't have boundaries, would like, if you liked me, I liked you kind of a thing. And so there's a version of myself that feels very like desperate in the early parts of my relationship where I like put so much effort into like courting my husband. And, you know, we had like a long up and down journey of being where we are now. But there are times when I'm so almost embarrassed by that version of myself that I feel like I withhold things from my husband because I feel like it's like this former version of me. And I like, don't want to get back to that place, but it's a wall that I put up because I don't want, yes. I like, I'm so scared of being that person. Cause that's how I was in all of my relationships. I gave a hundred percent expected nothing back. And that's not my dynamic nowadays, but I am, I like find myself sometimes putting up that wall because I'm so afraid of, of giving too much and getting hurt. Yeah, there you go. And then poof, we become withholders and it's hard to figure out that line between you know, a big part of loving someone is learning how to love without compromising who you are. And a big part of loving someone is loving is cultivating the giver inside of you, inside of all of us, that isn't giving to get, but is giving because we really care, but, and we love the person, but we all have all these beliefs. A lot of these beliefs that we've adopted from parents, like they can't be trusted. Got to watch your own back. You know, be careful. You don't do this. We've got the influence of our peer group. We've got the influence now of social media. So we have to be very careful. I mean, we're walking around with a tremendous amount of influence. And part of developing a strong sense of self is not being so impressionable, hmm. not being so easily influenced. And so the boundary that we all need internally is not to be so, to be more discerning, really, of all the influence that's always being shoved down our throats. And we have to be careful about that, for sure. Yeah, that was actually one of the questions that one of my followers asked was how to navigate that line of maintaining self-respect and you know self-worth and self-esteem and all of those things, but also putting yourself out there. And I think large percentage of my listeners are people who I think have histories of of attracting people that are emotionally unavailable, you know, people that they end up in situ like long-term situationships, emotion like not being yeah. able to commit. And so how to kind of, you know, break free of that, but then also feel open to pursuing future relationships. You know, it just boils down to knowing what it is that you want and not settling for less than what you want. Yeah, I know it's easier said than done for some people, but that's really what it boils down to. 
Like the only reason why the situation ship is going on and on and on is because you're allowing it to, you haven't asked for what you wanted. You haven't put your foot down. So there's no reason to close your heart, but there is a big reason for you to stand up for what it is that you really want. Because here's the thing, and this is not a judgment because I know I've certainly been there and I think most people have been there. So I say this with empathy and compassion, you know, it's never a good idea to be very thirsty for love. Yeah. You know, and because you use the word desperate and that's the appropriate word. And I think that every one of us, you know, we don't like to. That's a very icky thing to kind of look in the mirror and see that reflected back to us. But if one is always finding themselves in these unrequited love situations, so to speak, then one of the things that you have to address in yourself is how desperate are you? Because when our thirst for love, And our hunger for love is bigger and greater than our self-love. We're going to find ourselves in situations that are not, that don't work for us. And, you know, I understand that it can be rough out there, but your greatest leverage is to say, I would rather be alone than be in some sort of average relationship, unless that average relationship, your eyes are wide open and you can say to yourself, you know what, this works for me right now. For example, during the pandemic, there were a lot of people who had relationships that the circumstances were different. If there was no pandemic, they wouldn't have had that. They wouldn't have found that person attractive. They wouldn't have, you know, coupled with this person. That's okay. You know, it was a national, a global disaster. And so, you know, maybe you picked up a partner (laughs) for that time to help you get through it. That's fine. Just eyes wide open, you know, just being honest with yourself about that. Yeah. I mean, and that's like a very important key because I have found myself in the past in situationships where I have told myself, I'm fine with this. Like this, like you're not really both on the same page. But in, mm-hmm. it, but that's not the case at all because deep down I was always hoping that it would turn into something to something bigger. Yes. So never want to be in that position, and that's what your listeners need to know. Yeah, never. I loved your. You did a video about you know attracting emotionally unavailable people, and you're asked all the time like, how do I cultivate self love and self respect? And you're like stop allowing these situations to exist in your life. Like we think that self-esteem is just something that we like magically get over time. But it I agree with you so much that it really comes down to like, how are we actually treating ourselves? What kind of things are we allowing into our lives? What kind of decisions and choices and actions are we making on a regular basis? And I think that's like, yes, it takes a lot of courage. We have to earn that self-esteem. You know, yeah. it's like, it's not going to happen sitting, you know, talking to a therapist about your childhood for years on end, but there comes a point where you just say, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to take this risk and I'm not going to do that thing that I know isn't good for me anymore. I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And we're all taking these risks all the time in other ways. I mean, there are moments where we are motivated to draw that line in the sand and say, okay, I'm done. So it's really just a matter of a person's threshold, honestly. Yeah. And there were a bunch of people who said, I'm I'm stuck in this loop of drawing the line in the sand, saying I'm done, being uncomfortable, and then going right back. And people were asking, like, how does someone break that loop? Of going back to the same person? Yeah. 
Yeah. Look, I mean, so number one, get more comfortable with your uncomfortable feelings. Yeah. Like a lot of people will go back because they're like, oh, this is too difficult. I'm grieving. I feel sad. I don't want to feel sad anymore. Let me go back. So the relationship becomes, you said you were sober, becomes the drink. Yeah. It becomes the numbing agent. And so we have to get more comfortable with the discomforts that we experience when we're not with the person. And look, no one likes to hear this, but you kind of have to reach the bottom. You know, like people will are much more motivated by pain than they are by pleasure. Yeah. So when the pain of just being with them, knowing that you're betraying yourself, knowing that you're wasting your time, knowing that you're not getting anywhere with them, like I would rather grieve than go to sleep anxious every night about someone. But we tend to get addicted to that anxiety about them over them. And we have to shift the emotional state and be like, no, I'm going to grieve this and I'm going to move on. I'm going to be brave. And you just have to do it. You know, I think that it helps to understand why you're doing it. You know, are they like your father? Are they like your mother? I think there's value in understanding why you keep repeating this pattern. So having some insight into your psychology is important. And then you have to be like, okay, I'm making this decision. I'm going to believe that there's something better out there for me. Because a lot of people, they have the belief that if it's not them, it's going to be no one and I'm going to be alone. Yeah. And what happens is that, and men do this too, but more women do it than not. And I think that a lot of what I'm seeing is that women are, women need to find their purpose just as much as men do. And, you know, some women, their purpose would be to have a family. Okay. Well, if your purpose is to have a family, but then you're with someone who's not giving you what you want, you're really wasting your time. But either way, women have to get in touch with, you know, People in general, all of us, the people who have a habit, a pattern of always being in these sort of dead end relationships, usually they don't have a lot going on in their life, meaning they don't have a lot of meaning. They don't have a lot of purpose. They haven't discovered how they can meet their needs better. And so they're walking around feeling fragmented. They're feeling empty a little there's voids inside yeah and so that makes it so that you are going to be more apt to cling on to someone else and so part of the process is looking in the mirror and being like hey am i really fulfilled in life like what's going on here am i really meet like do i have stability in my life do i have financial stability do I have community in my life? Do I have any adventure in my life? Do I have something that I'm doing, whether it's through work or through a, a hobby? Do I have something in my life that makes me like when I wake up in the morning, I'm excited to do that? Yeah. And so a lot of people, when they find themselves in these dead end relationships, when I ask them those questions, it's a big aha moment because they realize, oh, I'm walking around kind of like a shell of myself because I haven't discovered yet how to make my life more fulfilling. And when they do, all of a sudden, it's like they don't want to fill the void with the dead end relationship. They want to 
build a relationship with someone where they get to like make their lives even better. If you are a listener of this podcast, you know I warn about how your phone can either be a great tool or a huge obstacle when it comes to getting over your breakup. Instead of spending time on your phone trying to figure out what your ex is up to, why not spend some time engaging in a super fun mystery game that will help take your mind off your breakup? June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. Each new scene takes you further through a thrilling murder mystery story that sets the main protagonist, June Parker, on a quest to solve the murder of her sister and uncover her family's many secrets. I am such a big mystery and puzzle fan, so this game has been so fun for me to get into. When I'm looking for a little escape from reality during the day or a way to relax that doesn't involve social media, it's been so fun to use my brain in a new way by diving into June's captivating quest and engaging my sense of observation to find the hidden clues. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It is so important to share your thoughts and feelings while going through a breakup, especially if it's something you're feeling any guilt or shame around. I know whenever I'm struggling with a certain thought or situation and I keep it to myself, it gets heavier and heavier and feels harder and harder to manage. I truly believe we are as sick as our secrets. Therapy has always been a safe space for me to have a judgment-free zone to get things off my chest. Whether it's something from my past, a current struggle, or something I'm anxious about in the future, I always feel lighter when I'm able to share something that feels scary. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash heartbreak today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash heartbreak. A question I get asked all the time is, is it normal for a breakup to feel more intense during my period? And the answer is yes. PMS is already so hard to deal with, and then you throw a breakup into that. And I know for me, PMS can make me feel anxious, exhausted, starving, and sad. Not a great combo. And that's why I love using and recommending Hormone Harmony by Happy Mammoth, which can make PMS easier to manage and has helped reduce those anxious feelings and low moods I experience around my period. And fun fact, a bottle is sold every 24 seconds. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens, which help the body adapt to any stressors like chaotic hormonal changes that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormones can make us feel so out of whack, and I agree with the most commonly used phrase in their 17,000 reviews, which is that it does make you feel like yourself again. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code HEARTBREAK at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code HEARTBREAK for 15% off today. And not to mention like I mean, I think there's the added pain of going through a breakup when you relied so heavily yeah. on the partner, but there's also like, and I don't think I realized this until I experienced the opposite, but when you're relying so much on your partner's approval, even like, you know, I remember relying on partners to like make plans and make my life exciting. You know, it's like, when you're relying so much on that, it's very anxiety inducing in the relationship because you're always wanting to make sure that they're okay. Are they happy? Like, am I holding up my end of the relationship? You're like nervous to lose them like constantly because it feels like they're such a significant part of your life. Yes. 
So having like the freedom of your own life within a relationship for me, like I thought I was someone that was just doomed to have insanely anxious attachment style in relationships. And really what it was is I just didn't have a strong life outside of that. And it wasn't until I mm-hmm. got that that I realized like, oh, I can have a very secure relationship. And you actually did a video on, and that's probably one of my most common asked questions is, what do I do if I can't stop obsessing about my ex? And mm-hmm. I loved your answer. And it's kind of along the same lines, but would love if you could you yes. know, kind of answer that question. Yeah. So actually, you know, Oftentimes when someone feels like they can't stop, well, first of all, in the beginning, when you first break up, you're going to obsess. It's just going to happen. But if someone is finding themselves like not able to really move on, they keep obsessing about the ex. There's a few possible things that are going on. Number one, their ex is really a metaphor, right? And they're a metaphor for a few things. One is maybe they're a metaphor for the dream that you've always had that you feel you can no longer have. Mm-hmm. You know, like if you really wanted children and then you really thought that they were gonna you were gonna have a family with this person, you're obsessing about them, but really what's missing in your life is starting a family. And so, right? And so it's like helping that person find someone else to start a family with, because that's really what's going to be most beneficial. So you're obsessing about them, but really you're obsessing about the dream that feels like it's dead basically Mm -hmm. and then like i said not having enough distraction in your life not having things in your life that are important to you enough and so again it's it's not an easy thing to reconcile but many of the people at least who i've worked with a huge majority who can't stop obsessing they actually have some things in their life that they really need to take care of. They need more meaning in their life. They need a job. They need a good job. They need to get sober. They need to make up with mom or dad. You know, they need to reconnect with community or reconnect with family. It's usually a metaphor for something else. And so that's why there's always like, when someone says, how do you stop obsessing? Well, it's like, well, really... I need to dig a lot more to figure out, you know, why you are obsessing. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. I think another thing that people run into is I feel like I always tell people, like, I just feel like you're asking the wrong question, but they'll be like, my, my ex left up photos on social media. What does this mean? My ex said this, what does this mean? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't lie within your ex. Like your ability to move on has nothing to do. Like my ex is already dating again. What does this mean? Is their new partner a rebound? And I'm like, it doesn't. I mean, I know why, you know, that stuff can, can hurt, but like, it doesn't matter. You're obsessing on the wrong thing. Do you feel like that happens because people don't want to look internally? Cause I feel like that's a distraction for not looking inside. I think that Yes, it can be a distraction from looking on the inside. It's also the role of our egos, right? It's the role of our egos. It's also the role of social media. I mean, it's really difficult to go through a breakup in today's day and age where people's lives are like there right in front of you through social media. It was a lot easier before social media to have a breakup. Mm-hmm. to go through a breakup because you just you couldn't stalk them anywhere you didn't you couldn't find anything about them it was really sort of like an out of sight out of mind so we can't deny the role that 
modern society and technology has on people's ability or lack thereof to move forward with their lives. So I think that that's a really big part of it. And I think explaining that to someone so that they understand that it's not just them being quote unquote crazy, but there's like other moving parts. And so then it's about trying to help them, you know, it'd be a good idea to block that person to unfollow and block so that they're not seeing all that because we, you know, it's like you see the car crash and we can't not look. Right. And so we do these things that are, that torture us, but yes, to be honest, most people don't do the work after a breakup. Yeah. Right. Most people really don't do a lot of self-reflective work until they've reached a certain level of maturity or that breakup is just so devastating that you kind of like have no choice to. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people will do whatever it takes to not look in within. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's like the same idea with people feeling like they can't move on because of, I still don't know really what happened or, you know, I found this out post breakup. And now I feel like I need to like address it with, with my ex or what, you know, whatever that looks like. I just feel like that idea of closure a lot of the time is people kind of hanging on to like the last thing that they feel like they can hang on to instead of going through the painful process of moving on. I think that part of the thing with closure is that especially let's just say someone breaks up with you and after some weeks and months have gone by and you've like processed and thought about things, people reach a point where they, they have a lot of things that they want to say Yeah, that they didn't realize that they wanted to say, right? They're like, wow, I didn't get to get this off my chest. I didn't get to share this insight. And so I, so I think that's part of the impulse to really have that closure is to not just get something from them, but to actually say, hey, this is something that I've noticed. But, you know, the reality is, is that what happens is that when you're not given that opportunity, enough time has passed. When you look back, you just realize, oh, who cares? Yeah. Right. Like saying that doesn't change anything. Sharing that insight isn't going to change the outcome. In fact, it's usually going to fall on some deaf ears because the other person may not be processing at the same level, may not want to hear it. Maybe, you know, here's the most important thing. And it's not easy when you're in the thick of it. But when it comes to a breakup, I think that our biggest task is to raise our level of consciousness because we all get into relationships at a particular level of consciousness. Another way of looking at that is a level of maturity, right? We do what we can do with the tools that we have. And I think that the greatest thing that we can do is be like, okay, who was I when I entered this relationship and who do I want to become? Hmm. And I'm going to do the work to raise my level of consciousness to the point where like, I'm going to outgrow this person who I say I still want. Yeah. And in a relationship, I think that couples do best when they are, when evolution and maturing is a value that's shared between the two. 
And it's like, let's help each other grow. Let's not hold each other back. And let's raise the level of consciousness of this relationship by us upping our game. Yeah. So to speak. Yeah. I love that. And I think, like you said, I mean, we're so motivated by pain and that's why I always think breakups are like such a great, I've done so many things that I would never have done during breakups because I like had this, I was in a lot of pain and I didn't want to be in pain anymore. So I was like, I'll try that. I'll try really anything yeah. right now because I, I don't exactly. want to feel this anything. way. Yeah. And I always tell people too, like, you know, there's that whole thing. And I think it started on social media, but like, oh, they always come back, that kind of a thing. And sometimes I tell people like, that doesn't always happen. And a lot of time it's a good thing if your ex doesn't come back into the picture, because it typically means that you outgrew them like energetically or, you know, in a level of consciousness. And that's, that's a great thing. That's a compliment. Yes. Or, you know, like accepting the fact that like, maybe you're meant to be in a different direction. Like who says, And this only works for those who believe in some sort of quote unquote higher power, whether it's the universe, whether it's God, whether it's, I don't know, something out in the ethos, who's to say that you actually know what's best? Because here's the thing, when you are in the throes of the pain, all you're thinking about is the attachment between me and this person has been severed and instead instinctually, we are going to try to mend the attachment. So we're not thinking from our higher minds. We're thinking from our most primitive, primal minds in a breakup. So when you do, when there is that breakup and you don't want it, right? Because there are breakups that actually are kind of mutual and good. When you're in that, you have to understand that you don't know what is best for you in that moment. You're not thinking clearly. You're not rational. What you want is understandable, but it's it's coming from a, the most primitive part of you. Yeah. And so I think that part of the surrender is, okay, this feels absolutely horrible, but just maybe I don't know what is right. Like what I want doesn't necessarily mean what is good for me. And yeah. can I surrender to the fact that that this is actually what is supposed to be happening in my life. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. You know, you can't get someone who's just broken up to think like that, right? We have to be patient with people because they can't, we can't wrap your head around that when it's just happened, but that's what you want to lead the person towards. Yeah. People will say like, I thought I was supposed to trust my gut and my gut is telling me like, I should get back together with my ex. And I'm like, your gut's not the most reliable source, like right after a breakup, like no, nothing's that reliable. Like your thinking's not reliable. And it's funny because you, I could tell people like, okay, let's say your friend just went through a breakup. Do you think your friend's like never going to find someone else? And it's like, no, absolutely not. I know they're going to find someone, but it's like, what about you? Like, nope, never going to find anyone, you know? And it's like, and that feels so real at the time, but really like, yes, you're so in the the thick of this really tiny like tunnel vision thing where there's like zero perspective. And, and I think we can all look back, whether it's relationships or jobs and, you know, we all have examples of like, how would your life turn out if you were with your first love? Like your life would look so different. How would your life turn out if it, you were like at your first career choice, obviously so different, but yeah, it's like, it's kind of a thing of 
knowing in the back of your head, like, okay, I can maybe I'm like willing to trust that something might change. But right now, like this really sucks. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, a big part of it is just, I encourage people to just be like, okay, this is awful right now. I feel awful. And there's, and I just have to accept that this feeling, I can't escape it. Yeah. I have to feel this right now and nothing, everything is temporary. Nothing is permanent. Yeah. I feel like sometimes we get really hyper-focused on like wanting to find like exact meaning in the pain of like, okay, this pain must mean that they were my person. This pain must mean that like I should change to try to get back together with them when, yeah, it's good to find meaning. And I know people who are like, like what you were saying in the beginning, like very focused on growth, like so people who believe they're very self-aware. It's like, okay, I need to find the meaning in this. I need to find like the answer in this when really yes. like the answer a lot of the time is you just kind of have to sit on your hands and do whatever you can to make yourself feel better in the moment and trust that it'll pass. Yeah. And then you'll find meaning at some point later on. Yes. And look, the reality is, is that anyone, when you break up, you're op- you're not meant to be together. You're really not. I mean, because- Look, I think that also what a lot of people struggle with is the shame and the utter despair of knowing that that they may have screwed up, that they may have screwed up in the relationship and they may have pushed someone away. And that's a very hard thing to come to terms with. Usually, you know, it takes two to tango and it's not so black or white, but if you are someone who feels like you really messed up, then it's time to discover what were the things like your patterns and why you really screwed it up, your fear, your patterns, all of that. I really, really am a firm believer that there's always someone else. There's always someone else. I mean, yeah, it might be difficult when you're in your eighties, maybe that's not the case, you know, not so easy, but I know people in their eighties who are finding love too. But I think that, you know, most of the people who are like, there's no one else out there, you know, of course there is. There's always someone else. Yeah. There's always someone else. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. And I remember like working with someone and I was like, okay, let's list out like why you think your ex was like so, so special. And like what we came down to is like pretty common characteristics that are like exist in quite a few other people on this planet. Mm. And we get like so hyper-focused yeah. on like, my ex was perfect. I'm never going to find someone else. And it's like, yeah, you will. And they're going to end up being better in a lot of ways yeah. because you'll in be a lot different. of ways. I think that, you know, it's also like there's the heartbreak of someone losing their spouse to cancer, right? To like their spouse died. And they're like, I'm never going to find a love like this again. And I've said, you're right. You're not. But you can find another love. It'll be different. And it might be just as special. And maybe in some ways, it'll be even more special. Mm -hmm. So I think that, you know, it's important to just honor the fact like, yeah, you won't find that again, but you'll find something else. Yeah, that's beautiful. I love the way you said that. Well, thank you so much for your time and for sharing. I'm sure most people are already following you on Instagram, but would you mind sharing where people can find you, how people can work with you? Sure. So of course there's Instagram at Jillian Tarecki. I also have my podcast, Jillian on Love, and that has its own Instagram. I'm on TikTok too, all through my name. 
And then, you know, working with me is, is now just through my courses and through my, I have a membership for women called the conscious woman. And that's for women, all ages, all stages, single coupled, heartbroken, sort of, like I said, trying to raise their level of consciousness so that they can really be the best version of themselves as corny as it sounds. It's really what it's about. So that's it. Yeah. Amazing. Well, I will put the links to your website and Instagram in the show notes. And thank you so much again for for coming on and sharing with us. Oh, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you loved it, I hope you'll leave a review and share with your friends. If you're not already following me on Instagram, head to at your breakup bestie where I'm sharing new content almost every day. To join our Facebook group, Healing Hearts Club, where you can connect with thousands of people from all over the world going through breakups, head to the link in the show notes. And don't forget to check out my online courses for more in-depth help through your healing journey. I always end these episodes the same way, reminding you to be nice to yourself, stay connected with loved ones, and the biggest reminder is that this too shall pass. I promise. 